0: Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and most importantly, share it with someone else. This week's sermon is God Makes a Difference, and we'll start reading with Joshua chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Music this week is provided by Marianne Lofton singing It Still Takes the Blood. Before we get started this week, I just wanted to relay a little something that happened to us and our family, and something to think about as Christians. Last Sunday we had an issue with a neighbor. I got a call as I was eating breakfast about nine o'clock. Walked over to the neighbor's property and uh, my eight-year-old son Adrian and one of his friends had tore up their yard. Mud was everywhere. There were Tonka truck racetracks next to the sidewalks and some holes where they were probably crawfishing. There was mud smeared on just about every piece of glass pane and glass doors on the place. It was a mess, but thankfully, it was just a muddy mess and there was no serious property damage. A.J. learned a valuable lesson last week about respecting other people's property and taking accountability for his actions. He also learned how to clean glass, clean doors and windows, and haul some dirt over to patch some holes and repair the grass. The neighbor, who is a Christian, responded with anger and even threatened to report the incident as vandalism to the authorities. While that reaction was definitely understandable, and A.J. really did make a pretty big mess, it really struck home with me and got me to thinking, why do we as Christians allow ourselves to have an immediate worldly reaction of anger? Everything we read, hear, and see these days in politics, government, and everywhere else is filled with hateful speech, anger, And us Christians are right in the middle and in the thick of things. We as Christians need to stop and practice some compassion. According to the Bible, we should be slow to anger. And we should respond with charity, which is basically love and Bible speak. Now, I myself am pretty hot-headed. I've calmed down a little bit in my middle age, I guess, probably due to four children in the house. There are five verses that deal with telling us to be slow to anger, to not be hot-headed. And we can probably get some benefits from them. There's an entire chapter devoted to charity. How to not be hot-headed or why to not be hot-headed. James one nineteen. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Proverbs 15.18 A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. Proverbs 16.32 he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Proverbs nineteen eleven. The discretion of man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. And then Titus 1, 7. And then Titus is pretty interesting, too, because this first chapter of Titus is where Paul is, is talking to Titus and telling him to go out and ordain elders and establish churches everywhere. Titus 1, 7 says, For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, and not given to filthy lucre. Pretty cut and dried. We need to check our anger at the door, take a breath. Maybe we need to walk away. I don't know. But I know it's something that I'm going to pray about and try to get better at myself. First Corinthians 13 is a love chapter of the Bible. You hear it all the time using weddings and the like. In the King James Version, the word charity is used throughout this chapter. But what is charity? It could be, if you just Google the word, participating in tangible acts of loving kindness toward others, whether it's friend or enemy, unconditional self-sacrifice, volunteering to help those in need, kindness and tolerance in judging others. I think that one is the the big one that we really need to, to look at these days is for one thing, we shouldn't be judging others to begin with as God's, not ours, but understandably so that if we have an immediate reaction, it needs to be a reaction of love, if at all possible. And I'm not one to say that you, we need to get taken advantage of or we need to to keep turning the other cheek over and over and over again and, and let people use us or let people degrade us or whatever. But our first initial gut reaction as Christians are to be to have a little charity, to have a little compassion. It's it's just really cut and dry. If we're Christians, we need to focus on those two concepts of being slow to anger. And if our first reaction ought to be, one, we're not angry. And two, we got a little compassion. Maybe there's a lesson to be learned for the other party. Maybe we can tell them about God. Maybe we can talk to them as a brother or sister in Christ. Or maybe we can teach a young eight-year-old how to be a man and how to be respectful of others' property. Think about it.
1: It takes water to quench the thirst of man. It takes love to fill the void in a lonely grave. It takes breath. was there on a rugged cross, the prize was paid, and it still takes the blood for soul to be saved. So will you say
2: Talk to you this morning about a message that God makes a difference in you in your life. God makes a difference. Joshua chapter 2 verse 9, 10, and 11. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord has given you land and that your terror is falling upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard and the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and when you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, John, Sheon, and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man, because of you for the Lord, the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in the earth. God makes the difference in Joshua chapter 2, verse, verses 9 and 10. Rahab's name was put in the book of Hebrews, the Hall of Fame, when I called. That God's business, not our business. Amen. James two twenty five, Hebrews 11 31. My faith in Rahab, hearted. Perish not with them that believe not, when she had received spies with power. Now I don't understand everything of the word of God, but I won't tell you this Rahab's name was put in the book of Hebrews, chapter eleven, Faith chapter of the Bible. I call it the Hall of Fame, because of all those people in it. And I want you to know that she was saved because she had them spies and she believed in the God of heaven. In earth, and I want to make sure God makes a difference in your heart. Say what you want to, brother and sister, in Christ. When God makes a difference in your heart. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter seventeen, verse nine and ten, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search it towards the hearts. I try to raise even to give ever man according to his ways and according to the Fruits of his doings. God makes a difference in the, in your heart. Matthew 5, verse 8. Genesis 6 and 5. Peter 1, 22, 23, 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 22. Satan rebelled against God. In Ezekiel 28, 13 through 17. and Isaiah 14 and 12 through 14. He rebelled against God. He wanted to be God. He wanted to take his place. And he tried to be God, but he couldn't. God cast him out of heaven. And he cast him out. He took a third of the angels. And when he fell on earth there, he fell in the Garden of Eden. And he's the one that come in there as a snake. And I want you to know that he deceived Adam and Eve. And that's it cost him something. Galatians 5, 22 and 26, uh, fruit of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6. 5 and 6. God makes a difference in your heart. If your heart ain't right, you're not right. And, uh, I want you to know that. Then God makes a difference in your homes. Don't care who you are, God makes a difference in your homes. Luke, chapter 10, verse 39. Acts 16, 25 through 34. Joshua, chapter 24, verse 14. Joshua 2, 18. Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. God makes a difference in our homes. If you don't have God in your home, you don't have a home, you got a godless home. And you need Jesus Christ in your home. I'm telling you right now that Jesus needs to be in every home. Your mom and daddy needs to be right with God and be saved. And if you got some children, you to get them in church and teach them that they need to live for the Lord Jesus Christ and be in church. I want you to know this, that God loves you, died for you, shed his precious blood. And he wants our homes to be right. Christian homes needs to be right. You can go to church and don't live like the devil at the house and live like saints at church. Thirdly, God makes a difference in the hardships. In Psalms 27.5, Psalm 46, verse 1, Psalm 61, verse 1 and 3, Isaiah 25, 4, Isaiah 40, 29 to 30. You may be going through some hardships with God. He will make the difference. Amen. And you go through hardship. It might be money problems. I don't know. But if it is, God will take care of it. You try to tithe and give to the church and give the best way you can. If it ain't a 50 cents a week or a dollar a week, whatever you can, you can give, you give to the church. And God will bless you. you get in hard times. You might have hard times with your children. You need to act like a Christian and be a Christian. You need to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to be in church. Every time the door's open, if you can. And do something in church. I had a man in church in Junction City. and didn't know how to uh, read or write. And he asked me one time, he said, Bro, Josh, what can I do for the church? And I said, Every time somebody comes in that door, you shake their hand coming in, and you shake the hand going out. If you're going through some hardships, you need it. See Somebody might have died and you're down. You might have got a divorce or something. You know? might be sick all the time you're down there. God will take care of you. Listen to him. Listen, God makes a difference in hardships. for him. God makes a difference in the hour of death. Luke chapter seven verse eleven through seventeen. The son of Nain his city with a son. We will carry some of our folks to the graveyard too, and we're brokenhearted over it. John chapter eleven, verse forty one and forty four. I want you to know, brother and sister in Christ, God makes a difference in our death. God gives us the grace to die by. Job asked the question about death. In Job chapter 14, verse 1, 2, 10, and 14. I want you to know he answered it too. Now, a lot of time we don't have any comfort from somebody, but God always comforts you. You ask Him during somebody to die. Then you ask Him to, God to give you some encouragement. God makes a difference in hereafter. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house and many mansions. If it were not so I told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I come again. And receive you to myself that where I am. There you may be also. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know not whether I go How can we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. and I want you to know God makes a difference in the hereafter. Precious. Psalm 116.15, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And I want you to know, Brother and Sister Christ, that if you're a Christian, you don't have no fear of death. You know where you're going before you die. But I say a lost person don't have that. I don't want to ask you, uh, in conclusion, what about your heart? How is your heart? What about your home? What about hardships are you going through? Are you ready to die? Where are you going to spend eternity? I hope to God that you get saved. I hope this message helps somebody that hears it. It's Brother Jackson and rather you to pray and ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Ask him to come in your heart and save you. And you have eternal life. And that's what we're interested in, eternal life. And I'd ask God that you might just pray that prayer Ask God to forgive you of your sins. Ask Him to come in your heart and save you. And invite Him in. He's not going to intrude on you. If you don't want Him, He's not going to come in. He's going to come in if you ask Him. So I'm begging you to ask Jesus to come in your heart and save you. And I'm hoping, pray that people hear these messages, that some will respond to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're the backsliding condition, as you get back right with God, and you'll see in your life, that God makes a difference. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Roe Louisiana. Talking to travelers on the radio. i want to let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're
1: not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.